Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and today is not a good day to end in eels. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek Podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. More happy to be here than ever. Yes. We, well, we'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, it's We are in the eighth, the eighth week of 23 weeks of Trek. Also, of course, it's the eighth episode of a 10-episode series, and so we're almost out of Lower Decks episodes here, but the Trek train just keeps a rolling. Uh, and it's good to have you here. I know that uh, it was a little iffy there for a while. <laughs> um, while I was trying to make dinner, our crappy fire alarms wouldn't stop going off. <laughs> yes. They go off like when we turn the oven on. Yes. It was a whole situation, but we made it. Yeah. <laughs> We're There's here now. <laughs> this is probably a bad idea, uh, but it'd be safer than everybody just pulling the batteries out, which is what they everybody does. I mean, I did. That's what I did. Yeah, but what <laughs> if what if they had settings? What if you you lived in a low risk fire or low fire risk house, medium risk, high risk, and then you just set it like that? Because yeah, I uh, I don't want it to uh, go off when I'm just trying to make some ramen or something like that. But that's what you pretend to get. <laughs> The if this helps, the day we moved in, the first time I turned the oven on, I turned the oven on. It was preheating, and the fire alarm went off. <laughs> Nothing in the oven. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's how sensitive they are. Yeah, I'd say so, it's the yeah. it's the joys of apartment living. But my uh, growing up at home, my my um, fire uh, detector or smoke detector was the exact same way every time you fire that stove <laughs> really? up. So. So anyway, uh, that'll all be fixed in the future. Uh, <laughs> they'll just have a, uh, uh, you know, a force field will come down and, and surround well, you in the, the oven. Well, in the future, I'll have a sonic oven. A sonic, yeah, that's right. Or just, I suppose, the replicator. No smoke, no problem. <laughs> exactly. That You know what? You're right. Replicator, make me a bunch of smoke. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, also joining us on the show tonight, they're a musician and a podcaster and the host of shows like Pro Wrestling Required Viewing and Virtual Theater and Backtracking here on the Just Enough Trope Network. It's Gooey Fame. Gooey, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's great to have you back here. And I have been thinking a lot, mostly because I've been uh, editing and publishing our most recent episode of uh, Backtracking, but I've been thinking about Poseidon. I've been thinking about the the god Poseidon, but also the <laughs> Poseidon adventure. Yeah, yeah, great flick. You know, today today I watched the music video for uh, I'm on a Boat, uh, so there's some oh, crossover. Classic. Yeah, I just wanted to relive... 2009 yeah yeah um so yeah i'm in the headspace too <laughs> gooey and i watched I, how many v views do you think that has that's gotta have like a billion views on youtube i'm sure yeah that's um, like the youtube video of youtube videos yeah it's in the hall of fame gooey and i watched uh poseidon adventure and we compared and contrasted it to the tng episode disaster on the most recent episode of yeah. backtracking and yeah i um we go all over the map you know we do books we do uh tv shows movies when we're talking about the media that inspired your favorite trek episodes but i always love it when we, when we land on a 70s movie uh state of mind yeah i love i love that that's like one of the there's been a couple like episodes that i feel like are perfect episodes where it's like you get a classic 70s movie 
and like a star a classic Star Trek episode that like perfectly fits it and you're just like in the sweet spot. Yeah. For sure. And it's just good good vibes the whole time. Yeah, little little well, the suggested mythology. It's weird because uh we're gonna talk about Poseidon on our next show when we talk about uh comparing the uh short trek Calypso to not the Odyssey, but we're going to do uh, – we're talking about uh, Funny Face, the movie Funny Face from 1957, I believe. So we rewind it to the 50s that time. Poseidon has had his hands in many pies from yeah, they... <laughs> Star Trek to I'm on a boat. Everybody – everybody is – yeah. Uh, everybody makes movies about uh, the Iliad. Nobody makes movies about the Odyssey. I think that Kirk Douglas movie from the 50s is the only one that I can really think of. Wow, which one was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah. Okay. Should we have done that? Maybe yeah, we, should we probably should have that. done that. Yeah, well, what? hey, you got Fred Astaire. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> uh, backtracking episodes come out on every other Thursday. So there's one today, and there'll be one in two weeks. We're talking about the Star Trek Discovery Short Trek Calypso. Well, it's great to have you back on the show, Gooey. Um, there's no real Star Trek news to cover today, but I did want to talk about the fact that tonight at 10 p.m. Central is the premiere of season one of Star Trek Discovery on CBS, uh, like CBS, CBS Broadcast TV. Oh, old school, old-fashioned Star Trek right there. It's a good thing they put those uh, ad breaks in there. Yeah, I was, yeah wondering, I, well, I was wondering when I'm watching CBS All Access Trek. It's like, why? Why are there ad breaks? Why? I, I know that there's like a lower tier or whatever, but just I that's, got the that's lower the, tier. To okay, simulate all right. Well, that's television watching. I just have it stop like a YouTube video. That's the uh, the motivation for the viewer to be like, oh, I gotta get rid of these crummy ads for another two three dollars. Yeah, the ultimate binge watches now. You should just put the entire series in one. Just go. One track that you hit play on, and <laughs> it's like when you <laughs> and if you if you stop, then it's forty minutes of ads. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> it's like those albums that they have on YouTube, where it's like you want to you know listen to album tracks, but it's just like one solid album. Uh, yeah, and it's like well, I want to click around to like that one song I like, but yeah, 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 and that you get to simulate. You know, old school, like you have a tape and you got to rewind, fast forward, and try to find your spot. Oh, <laughs> uh, tapes. Let's explain tapes to Ella. Uh, I know what not. tapes are. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I just think that that's, uh, that's kind of exciting. Um, you know, I we're, what, three and a half uh, years or maybe no, three, three years out from the premiere of Discovery. And uh, I don't know if there's any holdouts still. Uh, who it's just literally a question of access or I ain't paying for my Star Trek, but hopefully a bunch of new viewers uh, and possibly new fans will get to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery. I think it's definitely possible, yeah, that there are people out there who could be like, okay, I'll watch this now. Fingers crossed. I want to see the center portion of the Venn diagram of people who are the aforementioned, I won't pay for Star Trek, but who will also like Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> I think that Or that, even watch it. Yeah, I think that connection might not be in the circles, but uh but if it is, I'd like to I'd like to meet that person. Might scoop up new fans, maybe. Possibly. I think that's possible. Like, oh, Star Trek. Um I've always wanted to check out Star Trek. This yeah. is Star Trek? Okay. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it it's not like a sequel or it's not I don't have to know who Cisco is or whatever. Okay, let's check this out. 
So hopefully that will uh, be a thing. Well, we've just watched the eighth episode of the series Lower Decks, an episode called Veritas, and we're here to talk all about it. But first, as always, a warning. We're setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners, so be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Veritas is Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford are caught off guard when certain aliens force them to testify about a series of apparently unrelated events. The episode was written by Garrick Bernard, and it was directed by Kim Arndt. There's no star date given in the episode, and this is the last of uh, 12 episodes now, I think we're up to, uh, in Star Trek that have their titles derived from Latin. I think the last time that we uh, updated this list, it was uh, Et in Arcadia Ego, uh, part one and two from Picard, but of course it's a long tradition of naming episodes um, in after... Uh, or, Latin allusions or just Latin words. And I think we were talking uh, before we heated the mics up about how we don't have uh, titles often, uh, you know, like until the day of the release. And it could be just they're trying to give us, you know, the most bang for our buck. But I kind of get the feeling they maybe uh, title these long, long after (laughs) they're written sometimes. Um, I mean, I guess you could just say, all right, we got it. Number eight, Veritas. Great. But Veritas seems like, I don't know, just seems like kind of a uh, Veritas. What's a Latin word? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it means truth, and uh, they're uh, they're they're being told to uh, tell the truth in a, in a court of law, but not. This is a comedy show. I want a fun pun name or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Or just like if you're going to reference old Trek, just why not just rework old Trek titles? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that'd be there, yeah. There's plenty of like trial episodes, right? Yeah, that the you measure draw from the measure of a map. There you go. It's a trial oh episode. Oh, my God. But he yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah, easy. That took me <laughs> 10 seconds. Uh, there, they name them. They uh, name those episodes in five, though. So um, the guest star, the big guest star in this episode is John Delancey, who appears, of course, as Q. Uh, he is the first actor to reprise his character from a previous Star Trek series on Lower Decks. And, of course, he's been on many series. Uh, Clar in this episode is played by Kurtwood Smith, who is no stranger, of course, ah. to Trek. He played the Federation president in Star Trek VI. Uh, ironically, you know, the, this uh, episode is uh, heavily based off of the trial scene from Star Trek VI. And he played Thrax in Deep Space Nine. And, of course, he played the role of Anorax in the Star Trek Voyager fourth season two-parter, Year of Hell. It's the legend. Yeah, he really, he, he is. Uh, I, I found out today that he is from Wisconsin, so it's, uh, you know, it's Ooh. directed casting yeah, for that 70s show, for sure. And Kenneth Mitchell appears uh, on the episode, or is heard in the episode, as the character, Tw- oh boy, his name is Twerk. I'm not sure if they ever say it during the episode, but it's uh, like Twerk, but tw- Twerk. Uh, and of course, he has been seen on Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. His character's name, Cole. Uh, I want to say I want to say yes. I believe so, and he's also played uh, yeah, Cole, and he's played uh, Cole Shaw and the Timekeeper, and he's like the uh, you know the go-to Klingon guy on the show. Uh, what did you guys think about Veritas? You go first. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty pretty fun. I guess. Um, you know, I've I've been I've been absent the other shows, but overall, you know, my take on the show so far is that it's just been it's been pretty enjoyable. You know, like they're bite sized cartoon episodes, so yeah, even when they don't fully hit, 
I'm still having a pretty decent time. So yeah, I thought it was. I got a couple laughs out of it. The story was, you know, fun enough. I feel like it could have been a little bit more solid, but overall, it was a you know pretty pretty decent time. Ella, what about you? I've, um, I definitely liked it. I feel like we land on that every week. We're always like, it was super. We liked it. It was super enjoyable. But um, this episode, I liked it. I also inexplicably laughed more during this, like had to pause it to laugh. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know why <laughs> it was this episode that got me. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple but, of good um, jokes, uh, good standout jokes, I think. I doubt that what you think the good standout jokes are is what I was. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I said, I've said before, I watch it with my roommate who doesn't really watch Star Trek, like, elsewhere, and she was laughing more at, at me than at the show. <laughs> okay, well, she's getting her money's worth in a different way. <laughs> she was. Um, I was divided on this episode, and it, it, it's the same reason that I've been divided on on previous episodes, which is... I'm not like 100% convinced that this all works. You know, I mean, if it's just like yeah. a, if it's just like a lark and it's, you know, a half an hour show and it's fun, um, then I mean, fine. It doesn't really need to be more than that. And, you know, I was the one who f- for years has been saying, bring it on, get, give me all kinds of different Star Treks, you know, Star Trek breakfast cereal. Let's just do the whole thing. <laughs> and I think I fall into that trap of like, you know, Star Trek has been so consistent a product for 50 years that you just expect, you know, a Star Trek feeling. And uh, this isn't, you know, it doesn't provide that. And that's fine. But I also think that it just doesn't, sometimes it doesn't, um, it doesn't live up to like what it's trying to do. Like the, the parts that I liked the most was when it was just, it's sort of breezy and they're kind of running around and doing Star Trek stuff and then trying to put... I I bring this up every week with chagrin, but like when it's like Rick and Morty, you know, when they're just running through a weird situation, like they blew an entire episode on Rutherford's segment like that. That could have been an entire episode (laughs) where he is just like 51st statesing, you know, when his mind keeps rebooting and and it culminates in Gorn wedding. And it was like as that segment was going on, I'm like, oh, no, this could this could be a whole show. I mean, they could still do it later, but. This is a whole show like this. And this episode is like definitely the most high concept episode that they've done yet. And I don't I don't know if they totally landed it. It just feels it felt to me like they had, you know, four uh, ideas for episodes or three, I guess. And they couldn't blow them out to, you know, half an hour. So they all just kind of put in got put into this structure um, where they're at this trial. That's just, you know, it's just clearly like the Star Trek six trial but of course there's a <laughs> twist because it's a, a fun birthday party or whatever at the end I, I think you're totally right like i i was expecting like when they reveal like what the story actually is that like the four tellings or whatever the different tellings would kind of be like oh clever but instead it was just like yeah it was okay yeah it's just a couple different stories that kind of intersect you know we talked about that last week yeah because yeah because i think it was like a good idea like a good concept to put all that together but the reveal is kind of a fizzle we talked about this last week with like the idea of a shaggy dog story where they literally had a dog in the episode Mm -hmm. and how it's okay to have like a shaggy dog joke 
the, the point the point of the joke is that there isn't really much of a punchline, and so the best you can get out of somebody is like a oh, okay, okay, like yeah, but not really a laugh. But if that's your whole um, aesthetic for the whole show, then every show, you know, you, you kind of want a little something, something payoff. Um, and if the end of every show is sort of like, oh, that was it. <laughs> you just come away. From, I come away from the show going like, oh, that was it. It reminded me of um, Gooey. This is I know you like this one. Um, sort of Kalis from DS9. Yeah. Which is a pretty good episode. And usually like at the end of a Trek episode, there's like, mm, yeah, we learned a lesson here. Or like, oh, boy, we didn't learn a lesson and things are bad. But in that episode, they they figure out that like the sword is too powerful or it's too it's too important and can destabilize the Klingons. And so they throw it out the airlock. And that's an anticlimax. It's like, no, the story's just going to be in space forever. But if you get those every <laughs> once in a while, that's okay. It's like the end of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're bo- they box up the Ark and they just put it in the, the warehouse and it'll be lost to bureaucracy forever. If every Indiana Jones episode or uh, movie ends with him, well, I guess he, do- he doesn't actually get the treasure that he wants. But if every time like it ends and nobody knows what happens and they're all just like, oh, why am I an archaeologist? This is dumb. <laughs> It's, you know, you can't, and not everything can be anticlimax. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. And I, I just, I guess I am still not put off too bad because it, it's still like, okay enough. It's not something I'm yeah. going to like write home about, but I'm like, yeah, that was kind of funny. And it wasn't a total train wreck, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just what, but I totally get that feeling every episode I watch where it's like, oh, this could be. This could be more than what it is. This um, this is a real, real big reference episode. Um, and Elle and I have talked about <laughs> like the mileage you can get out of that uh, in a show <laughs> like this. And like I've just I'm at eight weeks into 23 weeks of Trek. I'm just resigned to like that's that's what's on sale here. But then I realized because I go like, why would they do that? But now I realize this is the concept of the show. These guys are fans. They are Star Trek fans. They have mm-hmm. watched all the Star Trek. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they, this is the thing where you go, "Hey, let's show Darth Vader as a kid," because we're going to sell this movie to kids. And it's like that's dumb. I don't want to see Darth Vader as a kid. <laughs> I don't care. There's a whole Patton Oswalt bit about this, and so I think they designed the show to say, "Look, these are if you got beamed onto a Star Trek ship, this would be you. You'd be like, oh, it's like when Kirk fought the Gorn." And, you know, and all four main characters are that. And we find out that apparently they publish the logs, which I always wondered about. Now that we have an answer, I think that's good. But apparently they publish all the captain's logs after probably redacting some stuff. And Boimler is like, has them all. Like, he's he's read all the logs. So that's that's literally what's on offer here. Now, I didn't know. I guess I was signing up for that. But it makes a little more sense if that's literally what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I think the defense of that would be like, well, it's for the fans, but I think, you know, what you would want as a fan is it to, like, maybe hit the Star Trek notes a little bit more instead of the references, you know? I guess. I, it reminds me of, um, and I, look, I found a way to put a comic reference in, but, like, it reminds <laughs> me of the character Ms. Marvel, who is a legacy character. You know, there was a Captain Marvel, used to be Ms. Marvel, now there's a new Ms. Marvel. And she was literally designed to appeal to young people 
because she is a like a teenager and she writes fanfic about superheroes and like she's the superhero's biggest fan. And I think the reason that works better is because a lot of her stories examine what it's like for a person who idolizes these superheroes who we know, having read all these other comics, that like you get you know, impregnated by an energy being or you get your head torn off. We have to fight your clone. Like it's not fun. (laughs) And she starts to have this superhero life and realizes like, Oh, okay, this is more complicated. I'm going to stay plucky, but this is, you know, more, more, there's more depth here than these little stories about Wolverine, you know, meeting squirrel girl or something like that, that I write. (laughs) Like you have to do a self insert, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there is no (laughs) real pain. Like, yeah, all of our characters, they are all, it's look I'm gonna say Mary Sue because it's literally Star Trek that it literally came from Star Trek but like they are four Mary Sues who are getting to live their dream in Star Trek they just don't get to (laughs) live it as much as they want and I don't think the show ever really focuses in on that or does anything with you know the Ms. Marvel example that I was talking about because you know the the references sort of suffocate that sort of theme if, if that's what they wanted to do do you feel like it's something that will wear off after this first season? It seems almost like a theme that would be like the first season. They're like, well, let's make all these references and everyone will love us. Do you think that it'll wear off as we get into the second? And I mean, I'm crossing my fingers for a third. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, because there is. A I had one. that same thought too. like what, what like maybe they're just getting their feet wet. You know, they're telling some basic stories, you know, like that, yeah. that kind of happens with a lot of like Star Trek is like, uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to. And then they like develop the characters eventually. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. Um, we've talked before on the show about how it's, the show is kind of two shows. It's, it's a comedy show, but it's also basically just a TNG style show and how I feel like they've been still, you know, doing funny jokes, but like leaning towards being just a, an adventure show. Um, it's the Orville path, we call it. And mm-hmm. this this episode kind of kicks the can down the road because it's a very high concept episode. And yet at the same time, there's a lot of these big swings with, you know, this reference humor. So I, I don't know. It's still like I said, at this point, I feel like operating as intended, like this is exactly what they want from this show. Yeah, <laughs> I still I go back to what I said the the first time I guessed it uh, for the first episode, I think. And it was that. I kind of just wish it was a full-blown kids show because then it would be, I wouldn't even think about it. I'd just be like, oh, it's like a fun kind of, not not that there aren't like amazing, you know, stories told in children's cartoons, but, you know, yeah. I would not be as, I wouldn't notice it as much, I guess. So day one pilot launches Star Trek Prodigy, Nickelodeon. <laughs> the first thing, <laughs> the first scene everybody's like oh this is just like when troy was wearing a jumpsuit and then like what what do you do do you just like, kill yourself or what what <laughs> like, <laughs> yes you're getting exactly uh. what you want a kids adventure show you know in the star trek universe and it's just lower decks part two well, maybe that's also that too is like on, on a kid's show like you're not gonna reference like tng you know like yeah. maybe you'll have a joke in like you'll definitely have a joke right. like every episode but yeah, this is for adult adults, but it's like still the humor is like not really that edgy like for adults, you know. But it's like we put some bleeps in there. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> there it's weird. It feels by... like a kid show for adults. <laughs> that, here's a great. I stand oh, Ella, by that it's funnier when they. I stand by that it's funnier when they bleep it. <laughs> 
I yeah. think it's funnier when like, I, and I guess this could be the case, but like when a network on television is like forced to do it, but mm. this is like, this is on your streaming service. Like I'm yeah. sure they, they got to make ratings or whatever, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. They they did some funny um, censorship uh, comedy in this episode, um, but I think that it goes yeah. it goes to show how many hats the show is willing to wear in terms of its construction because they're doing a bit about you know it's like the L Simpson no 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 uh, Lisa S or whatever bit where you know the rom beep you lens and like the beeps are missing all the, <laughs> that was you know, all, the <laughs> that was, all the points yeah. but then later in, in in that scene they all start swearing. And so there's like a different beep sound than the one that's beeping <laughs> the intelligence. And it's like, do, do you get like you could have kind of done something with that, too. But I'm not sure that you really got that you were already beeping things, but now you're beeping more things. So I don't know. I know they had to do it because they didn't want us to think that all the things they were cutting out were like, you know, these horrible swear words. But then everybody uses horrible swear words <laughs> anyway. So it's just yeah, it's it's not really clear. I'd like it more if it, if the censorship was like a uh, like a early ludicrous album, and there's just outrageous sound effects in place <laughs> of what they're saying, or like a, a DMX radio edit where it's just a dog barking or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Give us a phaser God, sound. God, we can only hope a phaser sound. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. A con, you know, or that sound that the <laughs> the sound the computer makes when it can't do what you want it to do. You know, it's like that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's a great impression of it. Thank you. Um... Like that. Oh my god! You know what? That episode of SpongeBob where it's like he's swearing, but it's dolphin noises. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a. <laughs> oh, that's the uh, cetacean department. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- th- <laughs> sorry to turn this into like an autopsy of this episode, but th- <laughs> at the end of the episode, there was a thing that it was either the most clever thing they've done or was like the most referential thing they've done. And it could be both. And it's, you know, when Boimler finally gets up to talk, you know, this is a trial episode that they're, they're parodying trial episodes. He gives like a Picard speech kind you know, the Boimler version of a Picard speech to kind of shut everything down. And then he, you know, he drops the mic and he just goes drumhead, And he drops the mic. (laughs) And I'm like, is are they just referencing this is where they where they get in trouble with the reference Uber. Are they just referencing Drumhead or is he just screaming out Drumhead because he just did a Drumhead on them like the way that Picard uh, you know from the stand like breaks down Avril Settee and stops like the Inquisition, you know, but they now they've they've cried so much wolf with the references I can't tell if it's just a cheap reference or if it was like a you know a clever addition to what was going on. Coin toss. Why can't it be both? Yeah, why can't it be both? It I think both. it is both, actually. <laughs> Let's give him credit. Yeah, I just like that. Drumhead. Bam. That was the like less egregious reference, I think, in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What, what else? Anything that you guys uh, wanted to talk about specifically? We're not done. I just, uh, I just, I've been dominating <laughs> the uh, conversation. God, do you want to know what made me, uh, why I had to pause the episode to yeah, laugh? Yeah, tell us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> At the very beginning, when he's like, this is the horn of candor, and you can only speak truth into it. And then Rutherford just goes, happy to be here. <laughs> that was that was a pretty good one. Um, did... I can't explain why. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... There are some thing. of those little moments that, like, sometimes they can totally miss and be like, 
make you roll your eyes, but like I I had a similar feeling when uh he was like distracting the guy and he's like <laughs> now yeah. you're distracting me or yeah, I can't right, remember yeah. what he said, but it was like he's just plainly stating what's happening to him. <laughs> yeah, right. Um the like oh or the bit God. where they're uh the scanning bit. I just love stupid things like that where <laughs> And it's not even because the construction is that she's trying to confess, but they keep scanning. But you didn't even need that. And it's like, oh, they're scanning. Oh, they're scanning. OK, they're, they're done scanning. OK. Oh, my God, they're scanning. It just seemed like a real like adult swim show type bit to me, which uh, it goes on for like a little too long. Yeah, and so exactly. yeah right. Like a little yeah. Perfect. yeah, perfect. Yeah. Did somebody use I, the word peen home. on the show? <laughs> I missed that. OK, I'll have to look up the script, but the uh, scanning I also like that they had the four Romulan ships. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're all. Yeah, <laughs> I love that configuration. Uh, when Shaq said something about, um, he was like, "Oh, you really got the Spock and Spock over there." Yeah, right, right. I don't know why. <laughs> I, that was yeah, I just, I still, I want to see that full length Rutherford episode so bad. Um, I like I like when he he's finally at the Gorn wedding and then he's like get me out of here implant like the implant is the thing that's that's rescued him from all these situations. But, it's uh, the Gorn wedding again. Yeah, he's just back at the Gorn wedding. That's pretty good. Um, what else? Uh, I would, um, uh, go ahead. I, I would also watch a uh, show about like ransoms, like commandos, and then just you know. <laughs> God, wouldn't we screwing, all? You know, barely uh, not screwing up jobs on different planets every week and Tendy's apologizing to him. Like, oh, you're apologizing. <laughs> you're playing some real effed up mind games. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she apparently just can, like, kick ass <laughs> really I, well. I guess. I, yeah, I guess you have to tell the truth, but I'm, I'm not sure that that was maybe that was the truth. <laughs> I expect that from Tendy, to be honest. <laughs> she's like oh no what do i do and then it's just like five seconds later everyone's on the ground that would be a great bit of lore to like come back is like now she is like a fighting champion she's going to like mm-hmm. whatever fighting tournament that uh tasha and like wharf go to <laughs> right, yeah. yeah coming home with the trophy yeah they can there's a reference they can make again too um I like uh, Kurtwood Smith. Um, I think it's a little disappointing that he was his character so kind of one note in this. I mean, can you be imagine being a director and asking Kurtwood Smith to just yell all of his lines? <laughs> like this is <laughs> you don't tell Clarence Boddicker to yell all of his lines. You know, <laughs> can you fly, Bobby? Like it's not he's he's capable of a little more than that, but yeah, especially like obviously outside of Star Trek a total legend and then you but now he's also like this star trek legend and it's like you come in and it's like yeah <laughs> very if, one has note. he ever had let me, here, here's your hot take has he ever had like a really good star trek role i mean people are gonna kill me because they love year of hell or whatever year of but hell, yeah. I, I don't think i don't feel like anorex like does all that much uh, and he's not he's really good like, in the role. Yeah, he's good. I, he's just—it's not a, like a real deep character. Like he, you know, he loves his wife. Got it. Um, and the Federation president. <laughs> the Federation president is like the coo- It's it's like that character that just leaves an impression but did nothing. Uh, he looks so cool. Though. Yeah, you really want to know more about him, but it, you're never going to find anything else out about him. So <laughs> that's a great point. But 
yeah, I mean, Star Trek Legend just by, via having been there so long. With the he deserves a great role. Mustache and the hair and yeah. Yeah. He does deserve a great role. What if he what if he played a season long antagonist for uh Picard on in Picard season two or something like that? Oh, he'd be a great foil, Patrick Stewart enemy, yeah. Yeah, they always paired him up against old guys in the movies. <coughs> Excuse me, except for uh, first contact, but it's like he's going up against F. Murray Abraham. Oh no. <laughs> Not F. Murray <laughs> yeah. Abraham. He killed Mozart, he's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see him duke it out with Patrick Stewart on a like a desert planet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they're, just they're both ninety I years think that old, about most people. dehydrated, tired. <laughs> yeah, I would watch. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Almost anyone. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else to say about the episode? I liked the first Q joke. Uh-huh. I didn't like the second one as much. I guess uh, if you got them, you got to use them, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah was... I'm confused. Is that everything we get? Like, is that the Q scene we've been waiting for? <laughs> I I think so, yeah. Uh, it, took the L. Took the L hard. Maybe they didn't. I, I bet they didn't know they that they could get him. I bet that it was like iffy. Because, you know, Q shows up. It's a Q episode. It's got a Q in the title. And you do a whole Q thing. And I think that that would be great on Lower Decks. That but... would be great, yeah. But yeah, I, I I bet that they weren't, you know, it was iffy, and then he was in, and so they just wrote, you know, some scenes for him. They probably wrote the joke, and then were like, well, maybe we should ask him. Oh, oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, like because it is a very After I forgot the, the setup, but it's very Family Guy. Like this was like the time we faced Q, and then I'm positive you know, Q, Q has been on Family Guy. No. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So. He he must have. I mean, I'm sure John Delancey as as a voice actor has, but yeah, you just guy in a funny hat. I I liked at least like the concept of the bit though, because it was it made me think of whatever when they make when he gives Riker the Q powers and they they're on the weird planet where it's a war, but they're fighting like moblins from the Legend of Zelda, and <laughs> yeah. they have muskets, but they're laser guns. More moblins. <laughs> So I love the bit that they're like on a chessboard, but it's with the cards and there's hockey sticks. I was like, yeah, that's Soccer a that's, ball. Yeah, that's a cute. That's a cute thing. They gotta do a. Uh, remember the guys from DS Nine, uh, Move Along Home, the the guy with the mullet and the oh, face Al- paint. Moraine. Yeah, and they're playing. Uh, I can't remember what the game's called, but they're playing the yeah that big game. So you have like, you know, Boimler on the outside or something trying to play the game and then Mariner and everybody else are in this like stupid, <laughs> like crazy Alamorane game on the inside. Season two. Yeah, that's I think that would be a good thing for that show is to take like st- episodes that people think are stupid and oh, like yeah. <laughs> make a whole episode out of them. It's like Bar Rescue for Star Trek episodes. <laughs> yeah. They tried it. Well, this I guess the this is the inverse, but they tried it with like the naked time or whatever. We're like, let's uh, let's do that one again. Yeah, and they um, basically yeah. This is a you know Easter egg for the fans, but however you feel about Miles O'Brien, they basically like enshrined him in uh, in the Starfleet history or whatever. They kind of justified Threshold by having. <laughs> Gary or Chad or whatever the salamander's name was in the uh, in the last episode. 
They're going oh, to go I'm, writing all the Star Trek wrongs. I'm grateful for the Miles O'Brien thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. There was a Nemesis reference, too. <laughs> it's just so... It's, so I, it's funny because I, I would love to have an opportunity to accuse this show of being lazy and writing its jokes, but... What do you do with the Remans? Two Romulans walking around. <laughs> Literally, I hate Remans. Yeah, they're the worst. That was a very I lazy so show. But it's but like, that's there's nothing else to say. Watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God, I hate Remans. What else do you say about Remans? Uh, you know, I mean, it's one of those jokes. that's like so. It's so stupid that I kind of like. It. Yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> that's what makes me laugh. It works. <laughs> yeah well yeah two people i forced to watch star trek nemesis <laughs> it was my pleasure <laughs> i i loved every ad that i saw too so it was worth it <laughs> no uh ella anything else to say about the episode huh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i rewatch it and decide if it was worth the 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 literal amount of time i spent laughing yeah, <laughs> which maybe either way it's a good sign. <laughs> but happy to be here really got me. <laughs> and then my roommate, and then like ninety seconds into me uncontrollably giggling, my roommate is like, "It's I mean that's you. That's what you would do." And I was like, "Oh no!" So that's your character. I guess I'm Rutherford. <laughs> Just happy to be here. <laughs> you're like about to be murdered happy to be here did, did he turn he, he turned the red alert sirens up or he was supposed to be he turning tried, them up but and yeah. then he just <laughs> that, that would be me me with the fire alarms today yeah that was see that <laughs> even the you could do that with um with Boimler and uh, Mariner's story too like they're only what 25 minutes like have an episode where for some reason or whatever, Boimler sleeps in or oversleeps and he wakes up and he thinks he's got the day off, you know, and then he wake, he, he opens up his door and everybody's going crazy. It's a red alert. And the entire episode, he's having to catch up on like what. And then you just pile on every single thing that's ever happened, you know, to like an enterprise or a whatever. You know, we've got aliens boarding the ship and there's a creature sucking on the hull and we've got a invisible imaginary friend stalking the the children or something and just every single thing that's ever been done we've got to do a treaty <laughs> if they i will have... say every scene sorry you saying that kind of reminded me of this every scene where they're in their bunks in the hallway i'm so excited to watch yeah i wish i could explain like definitively why um but it's just i'm just i think i think it's the excitement of seeing like the camaraderie <laughs> like where the ensigns sleep <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a, a frisson that you get you see that, that yeah like it kind set. of makes sense that they don't have their own quarters yeah that's still i still find that weird like where do they shower is there or like go to the bathroom it's I guess like the a... dorms yeah, it's like the dorms, I guess. Huh? What does a Star Trek shower caddy look like? How could you? They have got so... little flip flops have... for the sonic shower. Yeah, they have a huge saucer. How could you have so many necessary crew that the saucer is full? 
especially on ones that have like they brought families you know so it's like <laughs> yeah oh sorry like you gotta get get a bunk because we timmy had to come on board both too the preschool <laughs> and the kindergarten yeah right <laughs> uh okay all right well I think we wrote our own episode or two uh, while doing that. So uh, if you guys are cool with it, I'm going to bring things to a close for now. So that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at EISTPOD for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTPOD at gmail.com. Also, while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed. Give us a rating and a review because it really helps us out. If you want to help the show grow, you can do that by stopping by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTPOD. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, Discoverage, that's the name of this show, will return on October 1st for the ninth episode of season one of Lower Decks. We do not have an episode for the show, but you guys watch the... Um, the preview of, of next time on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, d- I didn't want to be spoiled. No, oh, you I, didn't? I just didn't want. I Ella, no, I just didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, Ella, care to make a make like a uh, lower decks writer and uh, give us a quick quick naming of that episode? What do you think it's going to be called? I'm I'm going to be honest. I have zero memory of the <laughs> next time. Yeah, but if I was going to guess a title, uh, I don't know any Latin words, so. <laughs> Okay, so we'll put. Uh, it's just a Shakespeare like a lower decks writer. So we'll we'll say Coriolanus. joke here, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the construction of what you were going to do, but you didn't. God, you're so welcome. <laughs> with a knowledge of Latin, but, but we'll be here. <laughs> we'll be here next Thursday to cover that episode, whatever Latin title it has. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central. So join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EIST Pod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. In the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Each week on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek Sphere and interviews with special guests. Our latest episode just dropped, and on it, I'm joined by writer and podcaster Jason Inman for a talk about one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, Similitude. That's the one where they make another another trip. Oh. And then it's been a while since I've seen that. Say, hey, you're you're alive now. We need your brain to fix the other trip. Bye. <laughs> you're gonna die. Uh it's better than that. Uh you can check that out at enterprisingindividuals.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode of Lower Decks and remind people where they can find you online. <laughs> Thank you. Um my podcast is called Generations Geek. It's at Generations Geek on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, also my friend Taswell, I think was listening tonight. And if you're still here, dude, thank you. And I love you. (laughs) And I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Shout out to Tasma. And Gooey, as always, it's great to have you. Thanks for being on the show. Where can people find you and your work online? Well, go, go listen to backtracking. Like you said, uh, you'll love that if you like this. (laughs) And, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gooey fame. And I post about my show, other shows and stuff like that there. And, uh, you know, check out the hashtag Muppet L-O-T-R. Yeah, I don't Muppet know why L-O-T-R. it's trending, but go check it out. <laughs> Can't wait to jump offline and get me some Muppet L-O-T-R. Hopefully it's L-O-T-R. not bad. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, check out Backtracking if you want to hear uh, Gene Hackman screaming at everybody that they've got to live. Uh, awesome. That's it for us. Thanks for listening to the show. We are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella and Gooey saying live long and prosper. Prosper.